at the worst in the summer of 2006. I even thought, okay, the only way through the pain is to end it. Carrie is a pastor who had reached the end of his rope. He was considering suicide. And so I thought, I'm going to take my car really fast down the highway, hit a cement bridge, and my seatbelt won't be on, and that'll be the end. Carrie Newhoff is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Carrie is a pastor, he's a podcaster, and also an author. And on this episode, he's going to share about the low point in his life when he went through a full-fledged burnout. But then he's also going to talk about how God lifted him out of that dark place. Plus, Billy Graham will share about depression. I've learned from experience never to accept the verdict of a depressed moment. Depression destroys your power to see your life in the right perspective. Seeing your life in the right perspective starts when you have a relationship with God's Son, Jesus Christ. You can learn more about that at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Another website we'd encourage you to check out is billygram.org. There's information there about how chaplains from the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team are ministering to people who were affected by Hurricane Florence. Again, you can learn more at billygram.org. GPS. God. People. Stories. I probably made about 700 commitments to Christ in my teenage years because every time I sinned, which was pretty frequently, I recommitted my life to Christ. Kerry Newhoff grew up in a Christian home north of Toronto. He was a believer from a young age, but he drifted away a bit as a teenager. And I kind of realized by the time I was 21, 22, that the jig was up, that uh, I, I was faking it probably more than, than I was being sincere about my faith. So I kind of made a, a decision that I was either going to follow Jesus or forget about it. But I didn't know how to make up my mind. So I made a deal with God. I said, I'm going to read the Bible and pray every day for six months. And it didn't take six months. As I reread the Bible, I realized these are the most true words I've ever read in my life. Recommitted my life to Christ, but had no idea that I would ever end up in ministry. That's because, from the time he was a kid, Carrie wanted to be a lawyer. Whatever needs to be wrong with you at the age of eight to want to be a lawyer, all that stuff was wrong with me. So uh, I followed my dream into law school. And because I had recommitted my life to Christ, was trying to figure out, okay, ethically, how can you be a Christian lawyer? Carrie met some other law students who were Christian, and together they got to discuss some of the answers to that question. But Carrie says the best part of the law school experience was meeting his wife. She and I were in the first year together, and we got married partway through law school. But probably the biggest surprise was in, in between first and second year law, uh, I experienced a dramatic call to ministry. God showed me a picture of myself 20 years in the future. I was 44. Uh, in my mind, anyway, in that vision, and very successful on the outside, but spiritually bankrupt on the inside. And I knew there in, in that moment that law was not for me. But Kerry wasn't sure what to do with this newfound revelation. At the time, he was working for a law firm in his hometown, and as he stared out the window, he could see his childhood church. And the only part of the church you could see from the law firm window was the pastor's study. And I knew the church well enough to know that's what it was. And I felt this voice say to me, you should be in there. I thought, what? 
like that doesn't make any sense at all. But I, okay, I'm not going to do law. I'm going to do that instead, ministry. And I went to pick up my uh, then almost fiance after the day was over and we were driving back to my parents for dinner. I didn't say a word to her about what had happened that day. And she said to me, hey, out of the blue, like totally out of the blue, you ever thought about going into ministry? <laughs> and, and that started a dialogue. And that, that eventually led to seminary. And then Carrie became a circuit preacher at three small churches in Canada. Average attendance, I did the circuit on Sunday morning of 6, 14, and then the mega church was 23. So, uh, you know, and they, they hadn't grown in decades, literally. So by the grace of God, we just, you know, started preaching the gospel and asking about purpose and mission, and we started attracting new people. And fast forward a few years, we amalgamated the three churches into one. So we saw a lot of people come to faith, a lot of people come to Christ. Although the churches were growing and everything seemed to be on the right track, Carrie nevertheless was struggling on the inside. After a decade of leadership led me to a place of burnout. So in the summer of 2006, everything on the outside was the best it had ever been, but it felt like I fell off a cliff. And I moved into, in retrospect, what you could only call burnout, uh, full-fledged burnout. When Carrie burned out, even the simplest things became extremely difficult. For example, just writing an email might take him hours. He was also having trouble getting out of bed. And when it came to his ministry, he was going through a dangerous shift in his approach. I said to my wife, I said, you know what? I don't need people. Like, uh, that's fine. I'm done with people. I don't need friends. I don't need people. We'll go reach people on the weekend. But like, I'm not, I'm not putting my heart out there anymore. I'd grown that cynical because when you get hurt, right, it hurts. And I lived like that for, I don't know, six months or a year. Basically, Carrie was exhausted physically, mentally, and spiritually. So uh, I, I lost my passion. I lost my joy. I had no energy. Uh, I'd never been in a place like that. Like normally when you get tired, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to bed tonight. I'll be fine tomorrow. Uh, sleep didn't make it better vacation didn't make it better. And and I call it like falling off a cliff because if you've ever fallen off a cliff, we'll, we'll go cliff diving sometimes in the summer by a lake. You know, you got nothing to hang on to. Like there's nothing. And that's what that summer felt like. Now, years before that summer in 2006, Kerry went through something that he says first started him on the road to burnout. At one of the small churches where he was preaching north of Toronto, a new family joined that really needed some help. Kerry says the church bought them groceries, gas, helped pay their utilities every once in a while, and he was happy with how the church was reaching out to help the family grow in their faith, too. They started bringing their grandkids and nieces and nephews to church. And so we, we had seen them as part of our, our faith family for about four or five years. But then one day during a church luncheon, the family got upset about something and stormed out. And said, you guys don't care anymore. You haven't done enough for us. Well, I was dumbfounded because in my first few years of ministry, there was honestly no family we had done more for than them. And so I chased them out the door and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And we talked about it in the parking lot and I tried to make it better. I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't want to sound, 
you know, difficult, but like, I don't think there's anybody I've spent more time personally with. We tried to invest in you guys and, and it wasn't enough. And he was mad and he, you know, pushed his family in the car, drove off and there's no happy ending to that story. And I'm like, what on earth just happened? And in that moment, I felt my heart really go dark for the first time. And you know, it was even worse. <laughs> the next time I saw somebody who was maybe struggling economically come into the church, my first thought was, oh, I know how this ends. Of course, this incident wasn't the only thing that caused Carrie's burnout. A few more experiences like this built up over the years and left him in a dangerous place in the summer of 2006. It got so bad at one point that Carrie actually considered suicide. I even thought, okay, the only way through the pain is to end it. And again, it's so dark, but I got to the point, and I'm, you know, a chicken, basically. I don't own any weapons, so what am I going to do? And so I thought, I'm going to take my car really fast down the highway, hit a cement bridge, and my seatbelt won't be on, and that'll be the end. And, and that's horrible, like saying it out loud. But there was a day where I was just so discouraged and I was pulling off the highway onto the side road where we lived and thinking about, you know, okay, I'll rev up the car, find a bridge. And then, then all of a sudden the thought hit me like sanity returned. And I thought, Carrie, there's nothing wrong with you. Like this is all in your head. You have a wife who loves you. You have two boys who adore you and look up to you. You, you have a great church with a really supportive leadership team. God loves you. You have a beautiful wife, a beautiful family. Like, what is wrong with you? This is all in your head. And that was the first moment for months where I thought, oh my gosh, this is so twisted. And, and I think that was a turning point. I'm not afraid of who I used to be. Cause I can see who you are making me Dark gives way to light Death gives way to life I'm not afraid of who I used to be Now, Carrie wasn't instantly back to normal, but that moment in the car was the first step on his road to recovery. I was going to see a Christian counselor that was really, it was painful, but it was helpful. I got to the bottom of some stuff in my life and slowly began the process of, of reconstructing. I started preaching again in August because I didn't want to take a sabbatical because I thought I'd never come back. Uh, and apparently the sermons were great. People, The people who knew I was that bad came up and said, man, you crushed it like you're back. I'm like, well, it doesn't feel that way on the inside. I'm glad it felt that way on the outside. But by September, I felt the first few flickers of passion come back. And again, we'd been praying all summer, people praying for me. I was in counseling and I'm like, oh, I felt something. That's awesome. In September, I laughed for the first time in months. I'm driving down the road to listen to the radio and I laughed out loud. And you know, sometimes when you haven't done something in a long time, you're like, oh, I think that's been months. So I laughed a little bit, but again, I was really determined, okay, I got to find a new normal. And part of finding that new normal meant Carrie made changes to his schedule at work and at home. Who said that working yourself to the bone to death is noble? It's not. Does it not say in the Bible that you're supposed to rest one seventh of your life and aren't you designed to sleep eight hours a night? And actually, guess what? 
people who rest, people who exercise, they get way more done than people who don't. So we get to grow the kingdom. We get to bless a lot more people. And you feel good in the process. How good is that? So I started to really take control of my calendar. I started saying no for the first time. I started setting boundaries, delegating. I, I would spend two whole days not in meetings. And oh, did that help me because meetings drive me crazy. So that was really helpful. Of course, probably the biggest factor in Carrie's recovery was a renewed relationship with God. It's definitely changed. Um, and I would say in the last 12 years, I think there's a real tie-in between self-awareness and closeness to God. And so I've become a firm believer in total depravity. <laughs> I think I'm completely depraved. I think most people are, right? And so I've really tried to know myself and in knowing myself, I have a much better knowledge of God. And the scripture, instead of being this like spiritual platitude you put up on a shelf or you put on some, you know, thing that you put on your wall, it's like, oh, that's what you meant, Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, I got to apply this. Okay. Like the scriptures really come alive. They are just so filled with wisdom. And if you're willing to go down four or five layers and really get to the root and really go, okay. What is tearing apart my relationships? What is tearing apart my leadership? What is that God? And really let him speak into it. I'll tell you, it's powerful. Have you ever felt like Harry Newhoff? He was exhausted, stressed out, and eventually it all led to burnout. Even though he was doing good work, God's work as a pastor, he was not in a healthy place. If you feel like you're in the same spot, surrender your situation to Jesus Christ. He can give you true rest, true peace, and true joy. You can learn more about this at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Carrie's going to rejoin us to share about how he finds that true rest, peace, and joy through Jesus. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. None of us are immune from troubles. Billy Graham. The Bible tells us that even the best of men have their times of discouragement, depression, and despair. Elijah, after his great triumph over the priests of Baal on Mount Carmel, had to flee for his life from the wrath of Jezebel. We see him alone in the wilderness in a mood of deep depression. He sat down under a juniper tree and asked God to take away his life. For the moment, all the fight had gone out of him. Discouragement had won the day. It is true that a man may have to walk in the deep shadow and undergo a great disappointment, but he has no right to sit down in it. I've learned from experience never to accept the verdict of a depressed moment. Depression destroys your power to see your life in the right perspective. When times come that you think God has not given you a square deal, when at times you're inclined to bemoan your lot in life, 
Just go take a long look at Calvary and then go back and face your burdens with the joy that every Christian should have. Transform your cross into victory as our Lord did at the cross of Calvary. Draw on the joy, the peace, and the happiness that the Holy Spirit has promised to produce in the hearts of all of those that are living in daily fellowship with Jesus Christ. You can learn more about living in daily fellowship with Jesus Christ at findpeacewithgod.net. Franklin Graham is preaching in Blackpool, England, September 21st through the 23rd. And there have been quite a few challenges leading up to this outreach. So we'd like to ask you to be praying for Franklin, for everyone involved with this outreach, and for the people of Blackpool. And if you would be praying also that God will speak through Franklin and that many people will make a decision to begin following Christ. You can find out more about this weekend's Festival of Hope at billygram.org. On this episode of GPS, our guest has been Kerry Newhoff, a preacher, a podcaster, and an author. He wrote a book about his burnout experience that we've heard a little bit about here on this episode. Uh, the book is called Didn't See It Coming. I wrote the book because cynicism, burnout, irrelevance, disconnectedness, pride, emptiness— Those are all things that I think a lot of people struggle with. And most cynics are former optimists, right? Like, so what if you could get your optimism back? What if you became, because the ancients called this sanctification, what if you became more and more like Jesus, more and more hopeful, more and more trusting, more and more open? Uh, Like, what if that was your future? And so that's the kind of future I'm, I'm hoping not only for myself, but for everybody who follows Jesus. And that's what I hope Didn't See It Coming helps with. Well, we definitely hope for that, too. And we want to say a big thank you to Carrie Newhoff for joining us on this episode of GPS. We also want to thank you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. GPS stands for God, People, Stories. It's a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Always good news.